Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today after Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday, why Giving Tuesday is so important with the CEO of the National Philanthropic Trust. Also coming up this morning to help make the journey to wellness a little less daunting, the new Steady Path Stabilization Center will offer an array of services to those with mental health issues and other disorders. We'll learn more. Between the hustle and bustle of the holidays and the effects of the winter weather, we have wellness tips to help you stay safe, fit, and healthy all season long. And bundle up, grab your mittens, and get outdoors. December has much to discover with the Hancock Park District. We'll tell you what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, November 30th, 2021. I saw this on the uh, Newswires, a Consumer Reports survey. This is several years old, but the story on the uh, Newswire is talking about how uh, there are a significant number of people who really don't like Christmas music. And I get it if we're talking about listening to Christmas music too early. My wife drives me nuts because she will listen to Christmas music like in September. She starts listening to Christmas music because she starts to get into the mood. And that to me is too uh, is too early. But there, no, this is talking about uh, Christmas music, people who are annoyed by Christmas music during the Christmas season, a survey from 2011 finds 23% of people in the survey said they dread seasonal music around the holidays. 23%, that's nearly one in four. That's a significant. Now, 17% of U.S. shoppers said they dislike Christmas music in the stores, and it's everywhere now. 16% of retail staff say they feel that Christmas music dampens their emotional well-being. <laughs> Not that they, not just that they dislike it, but that it actually dampens their emotional well-being. Um, and psychologists say there's a number of reasons for that. Maybe it's because people don't have great memories surrounding uh, Christmas and the winter holidays in general. Um, maybe you know they don't they know that they won't have anybody to celebrate with this year or something like that. there are all kinds of reasons but uh they also say maybe it's because it's a constant reminder of the stress that goes along with the holidays anyway um they uh oh all of the responsibilities that you hear the christmas music you're reminded constantly of all of the things you have to do or the decorating and the sending of cards and the gifts that you have to buy and how much you're going to spend and and all of that. Uh, they say if you uh, if you can't completely avoid it, just uh, pop in a set of uh, hear, earbuds and listen to your own music and you know ignore the uh, Christmas music everywhere. I don't know; if it's really all that easy to do, but uh, that's crazy. Now i I do understand the the uh, dislike of the proliferation. Of holiday movies uh, that is out there. This is the time of the year for made-for-cable Christmas movies that are everywhere. Hallmark and Lifetime and uh, they're all over Netflix now and all of the streaming services. One channel, though, believes that it is time for something entirely different. Have you heard about this? VH1 is launching its new Naughty or Nice holiday films. With the emphasis on the naughty ones representing raunchy versions of Christmas movies. 
<laughs> the MTV Entertainment Group, which is producing the films for VH1, says Christmas films that are disruptive, edgy, and more diverse are long overdue. They say we wanted to have a modern, naughty or nice take on the classic genre. As an example, one of their naughty movies, The Witch Who Stole Christmas, but it's not witch. It's a word that rhymes with witch. Features RuPaul and 20 drag queens in in a story that takes place in a small town and is chock full of double entendres. Another of their raunchy Christmas movies on the naughty Christmas movie list is a film called Let's Get Married, in which a heartbroken woman who hates Christmas vows to get married during a bachelorette party at Santa's Hamlet. And uh, in another, a young girl spies on a department store Santa and uh, catches him uh, getting busy with it with one of his elves. (laughs) So if that's your speed... I don't know. By the way, the um, the price tag is in. Every year, PNC Bank compiles the, uh, tallies up the price of the 12 days of Christmas. There's the 12 days of Christmas inflation index. I don't know exactly what they call it, the 12 days of Christmas index. Uh, they total up the cost of all of the gifts in the song 12 days of christmas and uh oh they call it the christmas price index the annual christmas price index and they say if you were to buy all of the gifts mentioned in the song this year you would be out forty one thousand dollars they began this tradition uh back in 1984 and overall the index this season is up 5.7 percent which is the largest jump year over year, since 2013. Um, to be specific, everything this year would run you 41206 up from just uh, 16168 last year and 38994 in 2019. Uh, this year, the two turtle doves would run you around $450, 50% higher than last year. Meanwhile, the cost of seven swans held steady at $13,125, as did the cost of eight maids of milking, which was just 58 bucks, which is also the cheapest item on the list. So we go from a 50% jump in the turtle doves to a relatively flat Eight Maids of Milking, and uh, Seven Swans. The uh, chief investment officer of PNC Bank, Amanda Agati, says, quote, inflation this year has certainly been surprising to the upside. This very specialty gift basket is uh, largely mirroring what we are seeing in the larger economy. So, now you know, $41,206 to uh, buy the twelve. Days of Christmas gifts this year. By the way, speaking of uh, gift giving, if it seems people in certain age groups uh, are more likely to blow their holiday shopping budgets than others. Uh, I put an if in there and I didn't mean to say let's try that again. Uh, Speaking of Christmas gift giving, it seems that 
I can't talk this morning. That's all the snow yesterday. It's throwing me off. Speaking of uh, gift giving, it seems people in certain age groups are more likely to blow their holiday shopping budgets than others. Now, not to the tune of $41,000 in the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, I don't think I would go that overboard, but MarketWatch says Americans are planning to spend more than $1,200 on average this year on holiday shopping, which is the largest estimate I've seen yet. Usually it's around the $700, $800 range, and I heard uh, one estimate earlier this season uh, in the $900 range, $1,200 on average is the largest uh, amount that I have, the, the, the largest estimate that I've heard yet this season, this from MarketWatch. And in a new survey from Experian, nearly half of people who said uh, that they find staying within their holiday shopping budget challenging were members of Gen Z. That is the generation, the age range, and people are most challenged to stay on budget. Overall, members of Gen Z were found to be twice as likely as other age groups to face some sort of financial struggle or another during their holiday shopping. 32% of U.S. adults say they are facing a COVID-caused financial barrier that will prevent them from holiday shopping as planned. And more than half said that they spend too much on their holiday shopping. At least they recognize it. I think that's uh, maybe the the big thing there. At least they recognize it. Uh, A couple of other um, of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to start your day. Speaking of expenses, the nation has a new priciest zip code. Uh, Property Shark reports Atherton, California, zip code 94027 is now the nation's priciest zip code. The median sale price for a single family home in the Silicon Valley town, just under median sale price for a single family home. Just under seven and a half million dollars. Whoo! Wow. Um. Now I I actually misspoke. I said that the nation has a new priciest zip code. That is not true. It is Atherton, California's fifth consecutive year as the most expensive zip code. Uh. Now you think seven and a half million dollars? Who could afford such? Outrageous prices. Well, Atherton is also one of the wealthiest places in the U.S. The median family income exceeds a quarter million dollars a year. So, or close to a quarter million dollars a year. It's like 200 some odd thousand, give or take. But uh, there you know, there you go. The places that I will not be moving anytime soon. And lastly, among the first things you need to know this morning, and this will probably come as no surprise. But uh, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary people are out with their word of the year for 2021. And I think a couple of weeks ago, we had some other dictionaries word of the year. Um, and I don't remember what it was, but this one, I, it's hard to argue with this. Merriam-Webster says vaccine is their word of the year. Uh, the uh, publisher announced Lookups for the word, and that's how they base this. It's not a subjective sort of thing. It's it's very uh, objective data they use. Uh, lookups for the word vaccine jumped 601% this year over last, and a whopping 1,000% since 2019. 
which was before we ever heard the term social distancing. In August of 2021, in particular, lookups for the word vaccine surged 535% in that month alone as controversial vaccine mandates began clamping down in cities like New York and L.A. Other words also jumped in use in 2021, including insurrection, thanks to coverage of the January 6th events at the Capitol. Uh, Let's see here. Woke, as in progressive attitudes, woke culture, woke Saw a big uh, uptick in use. Um, And uh, lookups for the word woke, interestingly, were up 4,300% right after the November election. So kind of interesting, the uh, words of the year, uh, according to the Merriam-Webster folks and their their lookups. What people were uh, interested in and talking about and buzzing about in the year 2021. Hard to argue with any of those uh, words, though, as the word of the year. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast, partly to mostly sunny today with a high of 43, partly cloudy tonight, a low of 31. Hancock County Sheriff Michael Heldman announcing that two Toys for Tots drop-off boxes will be available in the Sheriff's Office lobby to help the organization recover from a big theft a few weeks ago. Toys for Tots, uh, they had a theft of toys, a little over $20,000 worth of toys that were stolen this year, and we want to try and recoup that 20000 plus make sure they have the 2021 donations that they expected to have. The sheriff says the drop-off boxes will be available in their lobby 24-7 over the next few weeks, and he hopes a lot of people stop by to donate a toy or two. As for the theft, he says investigators are following up on some leads, but have no suspects as of now. Get more on our website. The city of Findlay is looking for members of the community to serve on the community outreach team as the city begins its strategic planning process. Finley Mayor Christina Mern says the city needs committed community members interested in the future of Finley to make the strategic plan a success. It's expected that the group will meet six times throughout the 12-month planning process. Get more details on our website. Former Ohio Congressman Pat Tiberi says he's worried about the future of the Republican Party he once represented. Tiberi made the comments during a roundtable discussion at Otterbein University in Westerville. Tiberi, now head of the Ohio Business Roundtable, lamented an era when winning is the only thing that matters. He said, quote, it's all identity politics, it's all emotion-based, end quote. Tiberi told the gathering that, quote, in the short term, I am not very optimistic for the future of our party, end quote. Daniel Barnett... ONN News. The Finley Hancock County Public Library is again giving patrons the opportunity to share the joy of books with children during the annual Give the Gift of Reading program. Donations will support the Dolly Parton Imagination Library. Each $25 donated provides a Hancock County child with an age-appropriate book delivered to their home monthly for one year. Donations can be made at the library in Findlay at the Arlington Branch or the Bookmobile. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, so now that we're through those materialistic designations that launch the holidays, the Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday, 
We finally get to one day that I think embodies the true spirit of the season, and that is Giving Tuesday. And joining us is the CEO of the National Philanthropic Trust, Eileen Heisman. And Eileen, we know for for retailers, this time of year is critical. For some retailers, Christmas sales uh, are the difference between ending the year in the black or in the red. Is this is it the same for nonprofits? I mean, how much do they rely on that spirit of generosity around the holiday season? They actually rely on it a lot. Um, giving really accelerates at the end of the year, and Giving Tuesday actually has become the day in which giving starts for year-end giving. So people are giving the rest of the year, but from Giving Tuesday on, you can see up to some charities, 50% of their revenue, gifted revenue from donors could come in, and something like 15% of it comes in in the last week, like a very large amount actually comes in rushed right till the end. Yeah, And you would think that because you're buying a lot of things, you wouldn't be spending money on giving back. But we find people are enormously generous um, during the holiday season. And also, I think they're rushing for their tax deduction. Right. So, was... so for those people that are taking a deduction, yeah. you know, they need to get it in by midnight on the 31st. Right. I, I was going to say, I think it's probably a combination of, uh, like we said, the spirit of the season and then the uh, very uh, reality of uh, tax issues and, and so on play a large part of that as well. And uh, Again, much has been made about how last year uh, kind of upended everything when it came to the holiday season and and so on in the retail sector. Kind of translate that out to uh, the nonprofits as well. How much of a hit was 2020 for uh, charitable uh, giving or was there? You know, not as much as you would think. Arts and cultural organizations probably took the biggest hit, but Mm -hmm. human service organizations, social service, you know, food, things about food and clothing and basic needs actually um, raised probably more money because Mm -hmm. the needs were so great and so many people were out of work. So one of the things we see in the American public is they do respond to what's going on in society when they give. And so... Um, the arts for arts organizations, unfortunately, also had a downturn in 08, 09. Mm-hmm. So what happens is their money shifts. It's a little bit of a zero-sum game. But overall, donors really stepped up to the plate during COVID and for e- economic and social justice issues. And they really gave very generously. And um, even the people that weren't working um, and maybe for giving part of some of the COVID relief they were getting, perhaps. But some donors used donor-advised funds and they had saved money for a rainy day. You know, mm-hmm. other donors just saw need dipped into their savings account. And, you know, many Americans were still working. So those folks were really generous. Yeah. But I think you can count on Americans when they're looking at the news and reading what's going on and seeing people dying. They were really, really thinking carefully and giving back, not just to COVID organizations and COVID causes, but to the original things they always gave to before COVID came mm-hmm. Part of that, I think, uh, you know, seeing more people in need, perhaps people that they knew and being touched uh, more personally uh, also played a part in that. And we saw quite a bit of it in, in 2020, of course. So uh, as as we come up on Giving Tuesday, uh, the question always becomes, how do we get the most bang for our buck? And again, whether we're talking about gift giving or donations to charity, uh, there are ways to maximize the dollars that you give? I, I, there are. And the, my first 
you know, idea, thought is to narrow down two or three causes or two or three organizations you really like. Don't try to be all things to all causes. It's just you spread yourself too thin. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, figure out if you can spend as much time as you do looking for a restaurant, you know, do some research on the organizations you like. Maybe you know a lot about them already, but give fewer larger gifts. So if you're thinking, oh, I'll give 10 gifts of $50 each or $20 each or $10 each, why don't you narrow it down to three gifts and divide it up in thirds? And, And then don't just do it this year, but stay with them for a few years. And then watch their impact, you know, get information on their website. If you're a local organization, talk to people that you know are involved and try to figure out and see, you know, what happened with the money that they gathered, you know, last giving season or for last giving Tuesday and watch it all throughout the year. And then when it comes next year, don't try to reinvent the wheel of your giving ideas. You know, if it's tried and true, you think they did a good job, you know, stay loyal because, uh, charities have a lot better time if they have predictable ongoing gifts. Mm-hmm. And then I think the last big thing, which is a really big thing, is um, don't, you know, don't restrict it. Give them unrestricted gifts. I know people, a lot of people want to give to projects only, but it's the hardest money for really good charities to raise. And that those unrestricted gifts help keep the lights on and make sure they have current computer equipment to get their work done more efficiently. Right. And so it's really important not to try to earmark your gift for things. And then put, if you're, if you're a millennial or you're a younger person and if you're a baby boomer like me and you like social media, you know, put on social media if you feel comfortable. I just gave to this organization. Here's a link to it. You might want to give to it too. And really amplify your gift because if you're a modest giver, you might be able to actually get a lot of other people to give by endorsing them, you know, on Twitter. Yeah. I've never done TikTok myself, but Facebook right. because people do get influenced by their friends and family about who they're giving sure, to. Sure, sure. And uh, talking about um, uh, amplifying uh, your gift. This is also a time of year when uh, many times you'll find uh, that uh, uh, other third parties will match uh, gifts. And if you are thinking of donating to a particular charity or particular cause at some point, if you hear about a matching opportunity, that's a way to uh, actually uh, amplify that gift as well. That's right. A lot of Giving Tuesday opportunities, you're probably going to get a lot of emails and text messages. I was going to say, we have a matching opportunity. If you give us $2, we'll get, you know, we'll raise another $2. You give us $20, it'll become $40. And so really look for those. It's a great way to amplify it. And one uh, thing that has been popular in recent years uh, is donating items to charity rather than uh, cash gifts. You say that's not always necessarily the, the best way to help. Uh, that's correct, because some of the items you think you want to donate may not be useful to them at all. So some charities will have a wish list on Amazon. So if they actually have a wish list they've published and you want to buy one of those things for them, but don't just leave them your used computers or your used printers or furniture you don't want anymore because they might not need them or want them, and then they have to spend money actually giving it away themselves, mm. right? So you don't want to cause them extra work. So if they have a wish list that you've seen and know it's really from them, you know, and you want to, and you have something, or you're willing to buy that for them, that's great. But don't just leave, you know, use clothes in front of an organization or furniture or items because a lot of times it has nothing to do with what they need or want, and then they have to spend their own resources to move it to someplace else. So, so I- really. 
really either don't do it at all or only do it if you're 100% sure they need or want the item. Yeah, at the very minimum, you can pick up the phone and call, say, hey, do you have any use for this? Uh, and and yes. maybe they will, maybe they won't. Some really good things to uh, keep in mind about maximizing uh, the value of our gifts on Giving Tuesday and beyond. Again, Eileen Heisman is a CEO of the National Philanthropic Trust. Where do we get more information about wise gift giving? You have uh, uh, all kinds of information on this on your website, right? We do. Our website is nptrust.org. Lots of resources. We have um, giving quotes. We have a lot of data and information about how to give. We have a blog. And then Giving Tuesday has an amazing website, so givingtuesday.org. Some terrific resources there that we will link up on our webpage as well. Eileen, thanks very much for taking the time. Happy holidays. Great. Thank you. Have a good holiday. It was a big day yesterday for the Family Resource Center opening the new Steady Path Stabilization Center with the goal of making the journey to wellness a little less daunting, if you will. And joining us this morning is the Chief Clinical Officer, Family Resource Center, Aaron Williams, and the new Program Manager for the Steady Path Center, uh, Georgiana Smolensky, and uh, thank you both for uh, taking the time this morning. Erin, I want to start with you, actually, uh, because we've talked uh, a number of times in the past Absolutely. about the wide variety of resources, the the wealth of resources, uh, and how fortunately we are in this community to have the resources that we have for those uh, with mental health issues, other disorders, related disorders, and, and so on. So what uh what need or or what um what need is this uh steady path stabilization center meeting that was not being met previously yeah well, we really got an opportunity to step back and look at the community and what the gap was we recognized that sometimes people don't need to go into a hospital mm-hmm. but they still need a safe place to come apart and kind of get their feet on the ground and ready to go on further on their journey or when individuals are coming out of the hospital, they need another place to go before they go home, to get on their feet, um, to sort of test out their daily living skills, to be sure to make sure that they understand how their medications work and how things are moving forward. And we saw that really clearly from the hospitals, but we also saw it from the jails as well. Unfortunately, the number one mental health provider in Ohio is our jail and prison system. Mm-hmm. And uh, so knowing that there are individuals that are coming out of there that really need to have the opportunity to get their feet underneath them so that they have a better chance of being successful was important. Yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting to hear you talking uh, about the idea behind uh, the center. It reminded me... Uh, as you were talking, I was thinking this is a lot of the same things that I hear when people talk about the purpose of a halfway house uh, for those who are who are coming. But I, we don't want to necessarily relate uh, that directly. Yeah, I can, can understand the similar parallel. Yeah, um, it would definitely be working a little differently because it is a facility where once you're there, you're there mm-hmm. versus a halfway house where it's more of a living situation where you're coming and going. It's a little bit longer term. Okay, ours is a welcoming short term live living environment okay and you stay right on site and we bring all of your behavioral health services right to you on site okay um and so there are a wealth of of services again we talk about the uh, mental health uh, aspect uh, of this and and georgiana you can kind of speak to this i think uh it's more than just uh 
the the direct mental health services. It's, you've got a wide array, uh, right? A wide array of services that you envision providing uh, here. We do. Um, so, in addition to having those mental health services directly, we will have occupational therapy out to help with the skill building. Mm-hmm. Our um, behavioral technicians will be hosting groups covering emotional wellness, financial wellness. Kind financial of wellness overall. is one that I yeah that stood out to me mm-hmm. uh, in those. Um, so there are going to be a lot of programs that help the whole person to develop and continue down that path. Well, and that's one of the the reasons I bring that up, and I want to have have you explain explain the the correlation between uh, those two things, and the reason why having things like uh, occupational therapy and job placement help and financial uh, education, that kind of thing, why that is uh, so important to go along with all of those other clinical. Uh, mm-hmm. services mm-hmm. Um, again because they, they they help the whole person um, if someone is so focused on their mental health and their mental well-being we will be there to provide that support to help in other aspects of their lives so we want everyone to be comfortable um, cleaning their homes providing meals for their family making sure that they have the skills or at least the knowledge to be financially responsible to help mitigate some of those other stressors that may cause some mental health that's kind of that's the kind of thing that i was i was wondering is the idea to uh avoid some of the uh triggers the stressors the triggers uh that may yeah and i think that it's really about stopping the cycle right the last time we talked we talked about covid and the impact of that chronic stress that we've all been under with mental health yeah um and that does not go away if you have serious persistent mental illness Mm -hmm. um and it sort of begins this cycle where we get on our feet we get a job Mental health symptoms go up. We're not sure how to address it. And we go through this cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and any time that we, if we kind of look at our most stressful times in the last two years and just imagine if you were going through that with another existing condition, um, we want to make sure that we're giving them everything that they need to succeed. And unfortunately, these are probably individuals that don't always get that when they go out into the yeah. community when they're experiencing mental health symptoms. So the Steady Path Stabilization Center, uh, you had the official opening yesterday and kind mm-hmm. of uh, yes, welcome welcome folks in to see what the, the whole thing is all about. So moving forward... How do people come to the center? Are they referred to, uh, or is it uh, walk in and say, "Hey, I think I need help"? You know, kind of give us the. It will be referral based. We okay. are working with a host of individuals in the community, um, probation, the city mission, Blanchard Valley Hospital, um, just to name a few that will act as a referral source to our facility. It will not be a. Um, a a walk to the door, yes. Yeah. Thank, yeah. Thank but you if you are someone that you know is struggling and you think that this is something that you need, we strongly encourage you to call Family Resource Center at the 419-425-5050 number uh, and ask for our emergency crisis staff. And they can help triage and determine if this is the right space for you or not. And they're also able to make a referral if that's appropriate. And then what kind of time frame uh, are you thinking for uh, people to be at the center? And this, and this would be a residential uh, center or no? Yes, it is residential in the okay. sense that they do stay there overnight. Gotcha. But it's not a come-and-go residential center. 
Okay. So it's sort of um, in order to help them kind of create a space apart from the world. Gotcha. You come and you stay, and when you're ready to leave, then you leave, and there's not that kind of come and go. That's the that's the idea. Is is uh, there a certain time frame, or is that going to be different for each individual? It will be incredibly individualized. Um, we want people to be stable. Um, and how an individual achieves that may be different based on from person to person. And then uh, lastly, is this is is this something that will replace uh, a, a an existing program or an existing service, or is this designed more to augment what is already available? So the answer to that is yes and. Um, and <laughs> okay. what, what I mean by that is it truly is a new level of care for our community. Um, it's something that we haven't had before. Um, We've really designed it to be much more robust and comprehensive than any of the ones that we've had before. Mm -hmm. Um, At the same time, we do currently have a five-bed home that we manage for the Adams Board, um, and that facility will be um, closing at the time that we reopen this for a number of reasons, because we think we can handle most of the individuals there and okay. in some of our other programming. So a little bit of a uh, little bit of both. And and uh, I, I guess as a follow up to that, how much of this uh, is kind of set in stone that we're talking about now and how much of this will evolve as the center evolves? I think that that's a great question. And the answer is um, we've worked really hard to be as thoughtful and intentional as we can. And yet mm-hmm. we know that once we start serving the individuals in the area, uh, then we will learn more and grow more. And so we'll continue to have our steering committees and we'll continue to work to make sure we're doing the best care that we can. So you have the opportunity to uh, even further enhance and develop this uh, program in the center to be uh, even more uh, Yes. Comprehensive. Yes, we do hope to, like Aaron had mentioned, continually develop, um, gaining feedback from our those referral sources, gaining feedback from our residents, things that they need or they would like to see, and we intend on capturing all of that information and putting it to good use. So, uh, as we mentioned, the open house was held yesterday. So this is now uh, officially open. And when will you see the first people, uh, the first intake? We've got a little bit more paperwork that has to be rubber stamped. (laughs) And as soon as that is done, then we'll be able to open. So we're not able to really announce a date until we hear from the state. Gotcha. Uh, But in the meantime, as you mentioned, those who are interested or think that they or someone they know would perhaps benefit from uh, this program, the the programs that are available at the center, uh, what's the best way to get more information? So you can certainly go to our website or our Facebook page. But again, the best thing if you feel like someone's in an emergent need is to go ahead and give us a call and let our crisis staff help triage that. Again, Aaron Williams is a chief clinical clinical officer for the Family Resource Center. Georgiana Smolensky is uh, the program manager for the new Steady Path Stabilization Center. We've got a link up for more information at our webpage as well. Ladies, thanks very much for dropping by. Thank you, Chris. Well, if you have a packed schedule this time of year, and who doesn't, it is uh, easy to think less and less about your own well-being, whether it's watching what you eat, getting enough rest. Wintertime has its own set of healthy living challenges, which is why wellness lifestyle contributor Tara Wellington is with us this morning. Some simple stay well tips as we navigate this new season. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really enjoying this uh, new season, and I'm teaming up with a few brands. We're going to give some uh, wellness tips and ideas as we head into right. the holidays. Let's start with uh, getting enough rest. You know, they, they write songs about the hustle and bustle of the holiday season, so we'll start there. 
what tips do you have for making sure that we get enough rest this time of year? So according to a recent survey, more than half of Americans say that stress or anxiety is a barrier to sleep. But you, know, you want to get at least seven hours of sleep a night for your health and wellness. Uh, so here are three tips. Uh, have the same bedtime and wake time every day. Avoid looking at screens before you go to bed and look into weighted blankets. Now, these can help you improve your sleep quality through deep pressure therapy. This can help you relax, fall asleep, and wake more well-rested. You can check out Tranquility. This is America's number one selling weighted blanket brand. It's a great holiday gift for anyone on your list, especially for those looking for a calming good night's rest. The weighted blankets come in a range of weights and styles, including snuggly options like your soft Sherpa and a stylish chunky knit. You can find them in-store and online at Walmart, Target, and South Club. A great gift idea, even for yourself. And uh, again, who couldn't uh, use a better night's sleep? Uh, Also, one of the uh, big uh, health-related issues this time of year, we are bombarded by a lot of food temptations. You have some tips for eating healthier. So uh, the easy answers for these food temptations are portion size and moderation. But you can also do a swap out. So you can take a less healthy option and turn it into a healthier alternative. So one example is Mighty Sesame Company with their squeezable, convenient, ready-to-use bottles of tahini. Um, these are condiments with several varieties, including harissa, whole seed, and organic. You can swap them out from instead of using ketchup, mustard, or hot dogs, or hot sauce, Uh, peanut butter or dressing, you can utilize this tahini uh, sauce and they make no mess and they're plant-based. Use it on sandwiches, uh, salads, or you can use it as a dip. You also get an extra boost of protein, fiber, iron, and vitamins because they're made from sesame seeds. Now, uh, it's not just us individually that uh, struggle with some of these things. Uh, It's really the entire family. So you have some ideas for families with kids on helping uh, everyone to stay healthy during the winter season. Yes. So try to get outdoors. Uh, Even if you have to bundle up, put an umbrella up, you know, it really helps with your health and mood and encourage kids to also get a rainbow of produce into their diet. Um, You know, sometimes kids have nutritional gaps, so you can look into supplements. And one option to check out is Cal Dinosaur's Gummy Supplements, and they have this Cal Vitamin D Rex, which is a vitamin D supplement with tasty flavors like mango and strawberry. Now, vitamin D is for healthy bones and uh, a strong immune system, and then their Sleeposaurus supplement has one milligram of melatonin. And scientific studies say that melatonin can help children fall asleep if they're having a hard time doing so. So you can go to the vitamin shop stores or vitaminshop.com for trusted lifelong wellness solutions. Now, we were talking about uh, healthy eating just a moment ago, and the other side uh, of that, hand-in-hand, hand, is uh, exercise when it comes to weight management. This is a big time of the year uh, that folks struggle with that. You mentioned getting outdoors. That's one reason why we struggle with weight management and not getting enough exercise. So during the winter months, especially during the holidays, what ideas do you have uh, with that uh, overall weight management issue? Well, first, uh, change up your exercise. Make it more interesting. Uh, choose seasonal things, even. Um, also, devices can be really motivational. And a new device 
that helps me to be more intentional with my workout routine is the sports near smart scale. And it helps you to get to know your body better and understand where weight loss or gain is coming from. Also, it uses sensors to capture your muscle mass, body fat, and water weight, and more. Uh, you can pair it with their app to make a customized weight management plan, like if you want to shed body fat or build muscle in a certain area of your body. And multiple people in your family can also have their own records on this as well. So mental and emotional well-being is also a part of being well this winter. Um, I was recently on a Zoom call with several friends, and we were talking about how important it is to take time each week just for yourself. And so the holidays are a great time to just kickstart that a little bit. Um, you know, look for things that don't require a goal to help you relax, like listening to music while you're doing a hobby, taking a walk at a local park at a leisurely pace, or even simple stretches um, just with some soothing music nearby. All these things can help you with your body and mind, which contribute to better health. Again, wellness lifestyle contributor Tara Wellington, editor-in-chief of SimpleMomsGuide.com with some uh, great tips to help us through the stress and the hectic schedule of our holiday season. Tara, of course, you have uh, all of this stuff and uh, more ideas and tips at your website, right? Yes, you can go to SimpleMomsGuide.com and I have links there as well as some additional information. Tara, thanks very much for taking the time. Happy holidays. Hey, you too. Happy holidays. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. A resident of Wildwood, New Jersey, found an interesting, made an interesting discovery on the local beach at Atlantic City. Uh, the other day, it was uh, found a uh, an old 120 millimeter projectile <laughs> just washed up on the beach. Uh, apparently, he thought, "Well, this is kind of cool." He actually took it to it. Now, the uh, report does not give this guy's name, and if it were me, I'd want to remain anonymous uh, as well because you would think you would call authorities immediately if uh, some sort of munition. <laughs> was discovered on the beach. But no, he picked it up and took it home. Uh, apparently, uh, this past weekend, he got to thinking, maybe I should call authorities and find out exactly what I've got here. <laughs> he thought about it a while and decided to call. Uh, the uh, Atlantic City Bomb Squad arrived and determined that it was, in fact, a World War II-era live round. <laughs> Probably just a little unstable. Uh, they removed it from the home, transported it back to the beach where it was rendered safe. They basically, they detonated it and uh, everything was fine. Residents who had to be evacuated from the neighborhood were allowed to return home after about two and a half hours. What would you like to have to explain? This is why I can understand why you wanted to remain anonymous in the report. Would you have to explain to your neighbors why you caused them to have to evacuate for two and a half hours. <laughs> it was an eventful Thanksgiving weekend, apparently, in Atlantic City, there, that neighborhood, anyway. Uh, in New Hampshire, the Barnstead Police Department was investigating a potential burglary at Barnstead Elementary School on Sunday after a citizen reported seeing the glass uh, front door, the uh, uh, glass of the front door of the school shattered. Uh, police reported that they f- that they found a 10-point buck inside the school lobby. 
Police and firefighters attempted to catch the deer, but they say it crashed through another window and escaped on its own, leaving uh, leaving behind part of its antler at the school. <laughs> this is the time of the year for deer incidents. Um, by the way, speaking of uh, deer incidents, police in Michigan say they rescued a 12-point buck from a partially drained swimming pool over the weekend. The homeowner in Fraser, Michigan, called police after the animal tried to drink from the pool and then fell in, was unable to get out. Uh, police were able to free the animal and create a barricade to keep it from re-entering the pool after about 45 minutes. Wow. Uh, let's see. Speaking of animal encounters, a Colorado woman, the victim of a theft after leaving her garage door open, the culprit not who you would expect, a bear came in and raided her fridge. She had one of those uh, garage fridge uh, refrigerators. Uh, Amy Franklin said after she left her garage open, the uh, bear came in, took $600 worth of frozen meat stored in the fridge. Um... Uh, the bear apparently also had a sweet tooth eating a large amount of frozen hot chocolate. <laughs> Said and all the bear was there about an hour and a half and uh, basically took everything out of the freezer. <laughs> Moral of the story, close your garage door. That's, that's uh, this from uh, Miami-Dade County, Florida, where three firefighters are expected to recover after... <laughs> After they were battling a house fire when a cast iron tub fell through the ceiling and hit them. Hit them. No, it's not. It's not funny. Fortunately, they uh, are going to be OK. But can you imagine you're fighting a fire and all of a sudden, I guess it can happen. A cast iron tub uh, weighs between 350 and 500 pounds, crashed through the second floor and the weakened floor and <laughs> struck three firefighters. Uh, they're going to be okay, but they have a story to tell now, I guess. Uh, elsewhere in the broken news, a lot of broken news uh, here uh, this morning. A man recovering after he accidentally shot himself at a Virginia grocery store happened yesterday at uh, Giant Foods in uh, Dale City, Prince William County, Virginia. The man suffered non-life-threatening injuries, and authorities say the man had a permit that legally allowed him to carry the weapon. <laughs> uh, key word in that phrase is had. I don't think he will anymore. Um, a man in Utah, 41-year-old Alex Curzon, now faces ch several charges after investigators say he slipped some meth into his ex-girlfriend's coffee. Uh, charging documents uh, show Mr. Curzon and the woman still live together in the same home, but they're not romantically involved any, uh, in, any, uh, anymore. But they're still living together. Last week, investigators say Mr. Curzon gave the victim the drugged coffee, which made her feel energetic immediately. But by that afternoon, she had crashed and starting breaking, started breaking into cold sweats, went to the doctor the next day, and uh, <laughs> he confirmed that she had uh, taken meth. Uh, texts with Mr. Curzon confirmed that he had slipped her the drug. More as a gag than anything else, but I would think maybe she'd be looking for a new place to live. After that, moral of the story, once you break up, don't continue to live with your ex, probably. 
And finally, in the broken news this morning, <laughs> from the international file, more than 60 people who went to a British pub to uh, see a, a local band play ended up spending three nights there after a snowstorm left them stranded. <laughs> Andrew Heald's co-owns the Tan Hill Inn in Swaledale, uh, which is known as Britain's highest pub. It sits at 1,732 feet above sea level. Uh, so they're, you know, especially this time of year, they get snow. There, he says, two of the three roads leading to the business were blocked by snow drifts Friday night, and the third was blocked by a down power line. <laughs> he said the, the pub was not affected by the down power line and was well stocked with supplies. So those stuck there were well taken care of. <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, one patron uh, did have to be evacuated by a mountain rescue team for a medical issue, but the rest of the pub's visitors, including the band, decided, hey, just hang out. They didn't want to be rescued. <laughs> uh, I guess there are worse places to be stranded, I suppose. There you go. <laughs> They're okay now. Uh, that is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Did you get a call or message that mentioned Social Security that made you feel threatened or scared? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, press you for personal information, or demand instant payment. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Don't fall for it. Hang up, ignore them. Report this criminal activity to oig.ssa.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. So while the Christmas season can be a happy time, family, togetherness, festive decorations and more, there are downsides that many people do not like. We referenced the survey from several years ago, Consumer Reports, uh, that nearly one in four Americans, 23%, say they dread, dread, not just they dislike, they dread Christmas music at Christmas time. They don't like, I get it. Uh, we were talking earlier. Uh, I get that, you know, you don't like Christmas music too early. Uh, that can be a negative, but Christmas music at Christmas seems appropriate. And yet one in four Americans uh, apparently don't like it. It's not the only thing. A, a new survey from one poll finds that the at the top of the least liked list of all of the things Christmas the, that we like the least, Secret Santas. Secret Santas. The top of the least liked Christmas list. Uh, the uh, survey finds that 79% hate being part of a Secret Santa gift exchange because they never know what to get for their gift recipient. And uh, and I, I've had that happen, you know, at, uh, at work or, or whatever, where you just draw random names and you know, you may end up with somebody that you don't know all that well. Uh, you just know them casually at work, and so it's it's hard to figure out what to really get them. So 79% hate be part of a secret Santa gift exchange. 
they don't much like what they get in such gift exchanges either. 87% admit that they have re-gifted items that they have gotten uh, from their Secret Santa exchange. Uh, just behind that, among the worst parts of the holiday season, wrapping presents. And, oh, I that would be that would be high on my list, I have to admit. I like giving the gifts. I like going out and shopping. I actually like shopping uh, and, and going out and getting gifts for uh, people uh, that I care about, family and, and close friends and so on. I love that. I love giving the gifts and seeing their reaction. But it's the part in between, that wrapping part. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I do not. 52% say wrapping presents is the worst part of the season. And half, <laughs> I thought this was kind of interesting. I've never quite gone this far, but I can, I, again, I get it. Uh, half of those in the survey say that they will actually go out of their way to buy presents that are easier to wrap. <laughs> I'm not going to buy that. It may be the perfect gift, but I'm not buying it because it's impossible to wrap. <laughs> now, again, I will admit that I have on occasion, uh, if I'm stuck between, and I can't make a choice between two possible gifts, that the ease of wrapping is a factor that I would consider, but I don't know that it is <laughs> the bottom line, but for half of Americans, it apparently is, according to this survey. We had a little taste of the Christmassy weather yesterday. And now it's all going away. Uh, we're going to be up into the 50s uh, here, the uh, 40s and 50s later this week. I was going to say um, that the snow that we got yesterday, not enough to think about cross-country skiing or anything no. yet. Uh, no. And definitely not since we're going to warm up and it's going to be gone uh, here. The, what is not not gone already is going to be gone in a pretty short order but here before too long it may be an indication that we are going to actually get snow this year right and we were open just like in february those two weeks and we had everybody come out to ski so it'd be nice if we can get a little snow in december and january and february yeah. so we can be open so yeah we officially open our raccoon run on december 18th okay on that Saturday. Weather that's permitting. Weather, yes. Weather, we've got to have good snow conditions. So we start that weekend, and then we're going to be open those two weeks around Christmas because Finley City kids are off that week, So we're, okay. except for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Right. We're not up on those days, but every other day during the holiday break, and then it's weekends and holidays through the end of February. So we just have to, and nothing's changed, 11 to 5, I mean, right. you know, rent on site, so yeah. it's... Um, Michelle, Michelle Rumschlag yeah. is here from the uh, Hancock Park District, and uh, it is a great time to uh, be out in the parks. And I know uh, that people think, you know, springtime, summertime, even autumn is beautiful. Right. But winter has its own beauty in the parks as well. Well, and even now, because there's still some leaves out, but I like this time of year because, I mean, again, we have our shorter amount of daylight, but just the angle of everything and then the clouds. I don't like just the, okay, it's gray. But like, was it yesterday, the other day, you get blue and black and the way the sun hits them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of a neat yeah. time. And then with all the leaves down, you get a different look. I, I had a one day camp before Thanksgiving and I hadn't been out in a while. And we're, you know, we could see the squirrel's nest and you can see the birds. You can see different things. So, you know, bundle up. Again, we don't have to worry about 
hot. I don't like their extreme hot or mosquitoes this time of year. <laughs> right. Very um, true. So it's a great time to, right, just, you know, that fresh air and absolutely bundle so up and, and head out to the Grab your parks. mittens and head outdoors. Right. What are yeah. uh, some of the things that you've got going on in the month of December? Well, we've got a, a lot of things kind of happening. And again, this is just a, a taste of it. So for all of our December programming, go to HancockParks.com. Mm-hmm. Um, January and February, we're still kind of fine-tuning. So the only thing you'll see is our Learn to Ski workshops, which we're going to offer again. Again, got to have enough snow in January and February. So we're going to get out there, uh, those on there hopefully here soon. But if you want to see what's happening in December. And then also, again, around the holiday. So we're doing, I think, almost a program every day during the break. So we have some things for families, some things for adults. So kind of a lot happening. Um, again, if you've got family in town or need the kids outside and get some fresh air, yeah. there's definitely a lot that we have that we have going on. Um, but coming up, um, even starting tomorrow, we have on Wednesday, December 1st, it's called a Woolly Bear Caterpillar Nature Hike. So this is taking place during the day at River Bend, meeting at Shelter 3 at 1.30. And this is for kind of our story-aged families. So you've got young kids or maybe you've got some homeschool kids. Again, want to go out take a hike, and look, um, I know it's a little bit warmer tomorrow, we might actually see some of those woolly bear caterpillars. And for those of you going, okay, what's a woolly bear caterpillar? Those are the moth, it's a moth, um, but they're the brown and the black that you always see mm-hmm. walking across the road. Right. It says you can tell how much snow aren't, or cold Yeah, I was going to say, aren't those get? the ones that supposedly predict how much yes. snow we're going to get? and I can't remember if it's, they're, they're brown and then there's black in the middle, if I'm right. getting that correctly. And then it's so much black means more cold or snow. Yeah, you know, one of those little wives' like tail kind of things. Yeah. So, you know, you'll be looking for those. Again, meet at Shelter 3 at 1.30 tomorrow. No registration. So, again, the weather looks like it's going to be nice. Very good. Again, just kind of bundle up. And you guys can hit the trails. And that is tomorrow. What else is going yes. on? Um, we have um, our McKinnis Open House happening on Sunday, December 12th. And it's called Sweet Treats. So, of course, we always have food cooking and things <laughs> to sample. So, like the name is implying, we're going to have um, some walnut bread for you to taste. We're going to have some cookies. And this is on, again, Sunday, December 12th from 3 until 6. So, normally we do our 1 to 4 so this is a little bit later in the afternoon, getting into evening. So, of course, we'll have the lanterns out, the fires going, the That'll candles. Yeah. For those people that, you know, want to come out and see the McKinnis house um, in early evening or, or go out in the dark. But, yet mm-hmm. we're still open during the, the daytime if, if people want to be out that late. But, again, we'll talk about, uh, again, how the McKinnis family would have gotten ready for the holidays. Um, they would just be being introduced to Christmas because they were Scotch-Irish and that was more of a German holiday. But as more German settlers came into the county, again, it was something they were okay. they were being introduced to. For them, it was it was New Year's Day, which we're going to do one on the second next year. Yes, okay. the, the Hogmanay, it's called. So that was their big kind of holiday gotcha. um, that they celebrated. Okay. But we'll be talking, you know, again, what would they have maybe been doing to start to celebrate Christmas back okay. in the 1847s. Okay. Um, so again, all ages are welcome. Um, three to six on Sunday, December 12th. All righty. Anything else to uh, highlight in the month of December? Well, um, we also have, again, if, if you're you know, off during the holidays or before, we're going to be offering a sunset hike on Thursday, December 23rd. 
And this is going to take place out Erland Recreation Area. So Ooh, maybe the new place. one of the well, yeah. new we've had it for newer, newer, <laughs> newer yeah. places. And so maybe it's it's one that you haven't been to um, very often. So again, you can get on HancockParks.com and really kind of look at all of our park locations and mm-hmm. see what facilities are there, what kind of nature trails and things like that. So we'll just be meeting uh, by the shelter at five thirty, which it might be. A little darker. I think the sun sets at 510 that afternoon. But, um, you know, we'll be out in the open. Don't worry about flashlights. You know, we'll just let the night, mm-hmm. evening, you know, kind of darkness, let our yeah. eyes get used to it. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's just a fun thing before, you know, the holidays. Everybody be busy on Christmas Eve. But just, you know, I thought, well, let's just get out. And you might need that break. Very Maybe- peaceful. It, it is. Peaceful. It's very peaceful out there. And, and maybe you're going to be wrapping presents all day or just need to escape and, and come on out and just. <laughs> we were talking earlier about fresh the, air. the things that people don't look forward to during the holiday season. This is, it gives you an opportunity to get a break from the hustle and bustle and all of those exactly. things. Yeah. Exactly. So, you so. know, we'll be out for a little while. So, again, starts at 530. No okay. registration. You know, just dress for the weather. Simple as Hopefully that. Hopefully there'll be snow. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Snowfall. And I'm going to be doing that hike. So that would be perfect. If it's like 30 degrees, light snow, already have snow on the trail. That would be perfect. That'd be a great. That would be perfect for the present. season. Whoever's <laughs> listening. And Mother <laughs> Nature is listening, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, so again, some of the highlights of uh, what yes. you've got going on in the month of December. A lot of things going on, especially during the uh, Christmas break for the uh, students, too. Yes. So. yes, and for all things. Like you said, we're, we try to hit, you know, there's things for adults, for teens, for families, for young kids Yeah. Um, type of thing. And then just, you know, keep looking for January, February. And then, you know, we'll have more information about, you know, as we start getting snow, you know, that'll be on uh, probably on our Facebook page. But you can always call the office, too, or or kind of check to see if we're going to be open that weekend. And a lot of things, as you were mentioning, uh, do not necessarily require registration. For those that do, you can register and get more information on the website, right? Right. So some things we just need you to register, but there's no cost. So we just have a numbers kind of thing. And there's, yeah, or if you can register with a cost. And again, we give you those deadlines. And they're usually pretty close to when the program's happening. Yeah. But, you know, register early. That way we we go, yep, we know we have people to come. Right. And we can start planning. So don't, you know, you know you want to come out. Get registered. Very good. Uh, We've got the link up to the website on our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. Again, Michelle Rumschlag of the Hancock Park District. Thanks very much for dropping by. Thanks for having me. And that will wrap up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests, of course, for joining us on the show today. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics we talk about each day on the program at our webpage. Check it out, goodmornings.net. Bookmark that site. Check back every day. There's always something new. Coming up tomorrow on the program, the Supreme Court will hear arguments in a Mississippi abortion case that some believe could lead to a reversal of Roe v. Wade. At a minimum, it will be the most significant test of President Trump's conservative reshaping of the court. We'll take a closer look. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.